What's up, guys, and welcome back to the DualSense Podcast. This is episode 82. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined this evening by Eton. What is that? What does that say there? Eton Eton Beaver. Eton Beaver. <laughs> joined by Mr. Eton Beaver, also known as Travis. Travis, what's uh, what's going on tonight? Uh, nothing that really tickled me. Um, yeah. I, think, I think I'm running out of inter- immature names. So, <laughs> sounds like you're going to learn some more at work. Yeah, it is. Oh, I forgot to tell you that uh, this Spanish lady came up and she was saying something really, really fast, and I could not understand her. And there was a bunch of people standing around me, and I just said, "No habla inglés, lady." <laughs> and it like they they fucking loved it <laughs> did they really yeah they kept going lady lady <laughs> all the hispanic folks that yeah, were they thought you? it was hilarious oh wow that's yeah, good anyway. that, that, that pleases me greatly so what else is what's going on so i went to uh el mexicano restaurante tonight mm. Mm-hmm. And um, on the way home, uh, my stomach sounded like uh, a couple of snow boots and a dryer. Uh-huh. I was like, like this, is an, this, is, this is a bad scene. So I go to the bathroom, which was rather graphic, and I'll spare you the details. Mm. But my wife had went upstairs to change. Okay. And as she's coming down the stairs, she said, oh, my God, turn the fan on. <laughs> she, God, it was that bad. She could it smell it. It was that bad. It was that bad. It had creeped upstairs. Jesus um, Christ. Heat does rise. Again, very proud. Very proud of myself. <laughs> proud of the guys coming together in my biodome to produce that. You know, it was a good it was a good afternoon. What did you get at the Mexican joint? It's called Pollo Mijalisco. And um <laughs> it's refried beans, mm. rice, chicken, bacon, peppers. Mm. And of course, you know, the queso they put on it and you make your own little taco with it. Oh, that sounds actually yeah. delightful. It is nice. They have one with chorizo called like El Diablo or no. something like that. And that is mm-hmm. a, I mean, that is a bad trip. Yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah. I, I have discovered uh, something also at that, at that restaurant that I, that I love. It's my new favorite there. It is a burrito. I don't know the name of it. It's very simple, but it has steak. Grilled mushrooms, onions, tomatoes, and mm. cheese sauce inside. And mm. it is lovely. It's so lovely. And then they put lettuce, tomato, guac, all that stuff on top. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, speaking of, the, there was a, a table beside us, and the, one of the women there had a Karen haircut, but she was also shaped like a potato. And um, <laughs> they brought the food over, and she was annoyed. And she was like annoyed about the way they were handing the orders out because I guess the waiter didn't remember who ordered what, which uh-huh. I mean, God forbid. And mm. she was like, I got a bean and cheese burrito. And then he, he like <laughs> set it down on the plate and it was like, I mean, I mean, you thought it was like a hammer, dude. It was like a hammer. Jesus. It was so big. And I was like, I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> Just based on what she looks like and what you she ordered. Even, yeah, she said like three words and I hated her. I was like, this is so bad. I should not <laughs> care at all. Well, I understand. I understand. People, people can easily displease you and you don't even have to know them. So before we started recording tonight, I, I began the uh, Bob Odenkirk flick, Nobody, where he's John Wick, Ooh, basically. Yes, sir. I'm yes, about sir. halfway through. Um, so far it's, it's good. It's, it's, um, it's like, com- it. it's comfort food. It's just, you know, 
Oh yeah. It's a little less choreographed John Wick basically is what I'm gathering from it so far. Yeah. So it's got a little bit more personality and uh in a more, yeah. in a funny way kind of. Yeah, exactly. So I'm enjoying that, but uh that's all I really have to uh report this evening. So anyway, Travis, we are a PlayStation podcast, we promise. And you and I get together each and every week to discuss all of the week's news, rumors, new games, and much more in the world of PlayStation. We post new episodes every Monday on all the usual podcast services around the world, as well as YouTube, where we also share game streams and clips. And I'm actually in the process currently of uploading some Rainbow Six Extraction 4K gameplay for you all. So you can be on the lookout for that. Played with a bunch of randoms earlier. You can imagine how that went. And also, if you want to talk with us, find us on social media like the Twitter at the DualSense Pod. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and we also have a blog called the Word the WordPress. <laughs> the DualSense Podcast.wordpress.co. And without further ado, Travis, let's jump into the news here. And there's really only one massive news story. And the rest and that's oh. pretty much it. And the rest of it is oh. okay. kind of little little news nuggets. A lot of interesting little 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 nuggets that we're gonna serve up to you all, but first we've got to get the big the big ticket item out of the way. Happened? Something did happen, and we're gonna talk about it. With number one, in an absolutely seismic shift in the video game industry, Travis Microsoft reached a landmark agreement this week to acquire Activision Blizzard in an all cash deal that will cost sixty eight point seven billion dollars with the B. The deal is a significant premium for Microsoft to pay over Activision's $51 billion market cap, as well as a 69% nice premium above their closing stock price on Monday. In a press release, Microsoft stated, quote, This acquisition will accelerate the growth in Microsoft's gaming business across mobile, PC, console, and cloud, and will provide building blocks for the metaverse, end quote. The statement also added that the addition of Activision Blizzard will make Microsoft the world's third largest game company by revenue behind only Tencent, Communist, and Sony, our, Communist. Dear, our, dear, <laughs> our dearly beloved. Embattled Activision CEO Bobby Kotick will remain in place through the acquisition process, but is not expected to remain after its conclusion, according to sources. Elsewhere, Bloomberg reported that Microsoft intends to keep making some of Activision Blizzard's games for PlayStation consoles, according to their sources. To that effect, Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer stated, quote, I'll just say to players out there who are playing Activision Blizzard games on Sony's platform, it's not our intent to pull communities away from that platform, and we remained committed to that, end quote. With the massive acquisition, Microsoft would become the owners of some of the largest and most iconic gaming IP in the history of the industry, including Call of Duty, Diablo, Guitar Hero, and World of Warcraft, as well as legendary PlayStation franchises Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon. Word of the news caused Sony's stock price to fall 13% on Tuesday, or roughly $20 billion of their market cap, marking their biggest price drop since October of 2008 during the economic recession, although it has since then begun to rebound. The following day, a Sony spokesperson told the Wall Street Journal that they expect Activision games to remain on PlayStation systems, stating, quote, we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform, end quote. 
This is most likely only referring to Activision games currently available on PlayStation platforms and not any future titles that will release after the acquisition deal closes. However, Phil Spencer stated on Twitter on Thursday, quote, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship, end quote. So what do you make of all this nonsense? Well, there's a lot of different avenues to creep through a lot of different ideas and thoughts that I have Mm -hmm. or had both, I guess, work. Sure. I'm not sure my opinion is positive or negative, and I'm not sure I will know maybe for years. Sure. When something this big happens, it's hard to know exactly. It's easy to jump on an emotional reaction. And like, so we can start there. My emotional reaction was, um, holy shit, I didn't see this coming. Right. 70 billions a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, one of the first things I did was like, how much is Sony worth? And I Googled it. And the first number I saw was like 30 billion, 34 billion. Mm-hmm. I was like, there is no way they bought, there's no way Activision Blizzard was worth double what PlayStation's worth. And right. then I realized I was looking at a segment of Sony, not all of Sony. Mm-hmm. So all of Sony is like what, like 260, 280, depending on what day you look at the stock. So mm-hmm. 20 billion is a lot to play with. But you know what I mean? If on Monday it might have been 280, <laughs> on Tuesday, I guess it was 260. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, you know, Activision's had some weird stuff going on that we all know about recently. Some not so pleasant stuff, not only in house, but also with their product they're putting out. And I think Microsoft buying them could be a net positive for Activision as a studio. I think Microsoft is in a position to hold them more accountable. Mm-hmm. As a big parent company, those big parent companies, as annoying as they are and as monopolistic as they can be, they, they tend to have a like a standard operating procedure they follow and they will hold those standards to Activision, which they kind of need having Bobby there through the acquisition process. That kind of makes sense. I guess it's kind of like, you know, if you're restoring, uh, you know, a piece of furniture, you might leave some screws in it so it doesn't fall apart, but eventually you'll replace them all. Right. I don't, I would be beyond shocked. It would be more shocking to me if he had a job after this transition than it would be that, Microsoft actually bought Activision. That, yeah. You know what I mean? So as far as I'm concerned, he's out the door. So in a nutshell, my initial reactions were this kind of sucks in general, but the more I read and the more I kind of think about it, I think it might be a net positive, at least at least for the studio. Moving on from that, as far as what does it mean for PlayStation? Yeah. On one hand, I think it would be kind of silly to not put some of these bigger names, you know like Call of Duty, like Diablo, like Crash Bandicoot, if they're making more of those, onto Sony platforms. It's just a lot of money you're going to miss, right? Right. Especially Call of Duty. Right. Now, if they make an agreement to where they could put Game Pass on PlayStation, I could see a situation where that's the only way you can play Call of Duty is with Game Pass, because then, you know, it's technically on the platform. They're technically honoring the contract, but you can still got to pay Microsoft some money. So, yeah. Again, I could see that happening. I don't trust anything really that any of these <laughs> CEOs say. And I guess part of that is, you know, being around athletics for so long. Mm. Everything coaches say seem like, seems like bullshit. Mm-hmm. And CEOs <laughs> do a lot of coach talk. 
So that's that that always is a red flag to me. Like, you know, Phil Spencer saying it's not our intent. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Like just say we're not going to do it. Like make it as simple as possible so people can't tease out what they want to hear. Exactly. You know, he does that a lot. PlayStation does that a lot too. I get it. It's just is how this works. But long story short, I don't think they'll take it off PlayStation necessarily, at least not yet. Uh maybe they will. Maybe they will in three or four years. Uh, we'll get the next Call of Duty for sure on PlayStation, I think. Because I don't think they actually take over until 23, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't have a solid answer yet for what I really, really think. I'm, I'm on both sides of the wall here. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks it's bad. Part of me thinks it's good. I don't really know what I think, but that's okay. Yeah, I have mixed feelings on it as well. I have quite a bit of things to say about it, but kind of like you, I don't really know where to start. I guess I'll start or try to start. Oh. Go ahead. One thing I want, sorry to cut you off. One thing yeah. I meant to say was I, I'll keep this short. I do not like it that another big company is buying mm-hmm. a studio and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll start, I'll, I'll start there as well. So that is the biggest, I guess, takeaway that I have of this is that this is not like Microsoft went out and bought a studio, which they've done. It's not like they went out and bought trying to think of someone they've bought recently ninja theory the people who make the hellblade game or the you know whatever the people who make fable or you know that sort of thing it's not like they bought a single developer they didn't they didn't do that i think i think that's concerning i think the fact that they bought one of the biggest publishers in the industry publisher of one of the biggest games of the industry one of the biggest franchise, yeah, one of the biggest franchises uh, in video game history. Period. The owner of the best-selling video game for, you know, every year for over a decade, basically. All of that concerns me. I th- I think that the fact that they went and bought them, they spent seventy billion on them. Basically, we know that Microsoft has unlimited fi- financial resources, essentially. They, their their market cap is like two trillion dollars, so they could literally buy every publisher. They could buy Square Enix. <laughs> they could buy EA. They could buy they could buy everybody that was left. They could buy Embracer Group and and all the millions of people that they have oh at this God, at this they point. Could. They could buy all of it if they really wanted to. So is that I guess is that where we're headed? Is my kind of biggest takeaway from it? That's my biggest issue with it. Even if the roles were were reversed and Sony did this, I would have a problem with it. If Sony somehow goes out and buys Square Enix, I'll have a problem with that because I don't think that's the direction we need to go. If these if these companies, these platform holders want to buy a studio here and there, by all means, knock yourself out. I think it's happening much more often now than it than it ever has. We're in this like arms race of mm-hmm. consolidation and mergers and acquisitions right now for better or worse. I don't necessarily know why. I know why Microsoft is doing what they're doing because they're losing. They have been losing. Mm-hmm. And I say losing loosely. They're not selling as many units as PlayStation. The revenue from from the gaming, from Xbox. I mean, PlayStation's revenue just dwarfs Microsoft or Xbox's revenue. Obviously, they said in the in the press release that they're, they're still going to be the third biggest game company by revenue even after the deal um so that just gives you an idea of how much money sony makes so i do have that's my like high level issue with it is that Mm -hmm. 
the size of the company that they're purchasing, what it means for the video game industry. I could care less about playing Call of Duty again. Like mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people that's a big problem. I get I understand that completely. For me personally, I have no problem with that. So I I honestly have no I guess horse in the race for Activision Blizzard. There's not one thing that they make that I can't live without. So that doesn't bother me. It's just the general direction and tone that it sets uh, and that right. it puts us on, the path that it puts us on that I don't like. And I think that Microsoft has to be careful because I think that if they, I think they're borderline and if, and if they keep it up, they're going to cross the line of becoming the villain in the video right. game. They're like Tencent is communist. <laughs> And that is why they're a villain in the video game industry, in my opinion. And they buy up all of these developers. And for completely different reasons, Microsoft, if they keep acquiring all these big publishers, I think they become the villain. And it's like the it's like Batman, or it's like the Dark Knight movie. You either you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> That's immediately what, right. I, what I thought about. Like, I don't know, man. I just. I mean, Xbox gamers, they're not going to care one way or the other because they're coming out great, and I understand that. But for everyone else, I feel like it really is razor thin what they're doing in terms of the public perception of them, the type of company that they are, because right now they're the underdog, and they're the, they're the ones that listen to the fans, and they're, you know, they've got Game Pass. It's a great value. They care about the players. They want us to play all these games day one and yada, yada, yada. And I can do it on the cloud and whatever. And we've got smart delivery and we don't have to worry about if, you know, my game's going to work and look at all this. Like they they do a lot of good things the right way, but it doesn't take much to flip that on a dime, in my opinion. And that's CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Look at CD Projekt Red, you know. Um, look at Rockstar with the GTA Remastered trilogy. I don't know. I, I I feel like we're headed down a weird road where someday soon, even though PlayStation is currently the market leader, they're gonna outsell Xbox on hardware. They have they kill Xbox from a revenue from an annual revenue standpoint. I feel like we're headed in some weird direction where all of that remains true, at least for the time being. But PlayStation is the underdog, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, PlayStation is the Dark Knight or whatever the White Knight, however you want to call it, and they're the ones that everybody's rooting for, and they're the ones that everybody's hoping that does you know does the right thing, and you know stands by gamers and this and that. Like we're really close to that, and not this, not that PlayStation is the villain right now, but I just feel like we're close to some of that role reversal, and which is weird. So back on track a little bit i guess just to wrap up in terms of activision games coming to playstation to your point what phil says it all sounds good but i'm just going to tell you guys as soon as the agreements are up on these individual games maybe sure. maybe there's a four-year agreement with call of duty and playstation because you know there is a marketing deal where playstation gets all this you know these dlc packs for free and for playstation plus users and for the past like couple of call of duties we've gotten a game mode for exclusively for a year you know stuff like that so there may be an agreement in place where it has to come to playstation for the next several years or several releases whatever at some point whenever those agreements are up you better bet your ass that those games will no longer be on playstation now 
I, I say that. And the other thing you have to understand about Call of Duty specifically is that they make most of their money off PlayStation from, from microtransactions, from season passes, DLC, whatever. It most the majority of the money, Call of Duty revenue that they make comes from the PlayStation platforms. So you would take a significant hit if you only have it on Xbox. However, the 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 inverse of that is that you have people who only play Call of Duty every year. That's the only game they play. They get the new one, they play it for 365 days, they get the next one. Or, you know, you have people who maybe that's, they play that in a sports game every year. And if they can't play it, they're going to go get an Xbox and play it on Xbox. Because why else? If, if that's all you play, you're going to go play it wherever you can. So, you know, I, I think there's an argument on both sides. Like, yeah, let's keep it on PlayStation. We can make all that revenue. Or, hey, let's take it off. And these people are going to come play on Xbox anyway because they want to play it. So, anyway, I, my point is, to wrap up, is that I would not expect it to remain on PlayStation. Uh, Warzone, the Battle, the Battle Royale may because it's already there. That sort of stuff will. But new stuff going forward after this year, like you said, I think it's a wild card. I think it's up in the air. Anyway, big, big move. One that we won't fully understand or see all of the ramifications of for years to come. Number two, industry sales analysts, the NPD group, released both their December and calendar year 2021 data this week. For December, PlayStation 5 and Switch effectively tied in dollar sales for hardware, although Switch did move more units. Call of Duty Vanguard was December's best-selling game with the Call of Duty franchise ranking as the best-selling video game franchise in dollar sales for a record 13th consecutive year. The best-selling games on PlayStation 4 December were number one, Call of Duty Vanguard, followed by Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was seventh on the overall list for December. Third was Madden NFL 22, Battlefield 2042, NBA 2K22, Ghost of Tsushima, which was 18 overall, FIFA 22, Far Cry 6, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Guardians of the Galaxy. So we'll stop there and talk about December specifically. Anything that stands out to you? Yeah, as always, Spider-Man's there. Yeah. It's funny, if you, if you look at this list and you're like, the games with the best overall rating, it's Spider-Man, it's Shishima, and then it's the last two, Rift Apart and Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just funny to me that like... <laughs> yeah. Games, even though they're really good games, they don't always. I get it's a top ten, but like, right, right. Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't appeal to everybody. It's just funny to me that mm -hmm. like a game like Battlefield, which everybody's hating on, or Call of Duty, which everybody's hating on, still outsells a game <laughs> that has that high of a yeah a critical response. I just that's just so interesting to me. It, I think yeah. it says a lot, but I'm not sure about what. <laughs> yeah, it's a locomotive. I mean, it's unstoppable. Oh, for me, like you said, Spider Man, Miles Morales uh, stands out. Of course, it's like I mentioned the last show or maybe a couple shows ago, it's going to be there throughout 2022, especially as more people get PS fives and want to play it on there. I am surprised that battlefield is fourth still in December. I think that's yeah, again, just the power of the brand to your point a little right. bit. And they're so lost right now with it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about that in, in just a minute. Guardians of the galaxy hanging on in the top 10. Uh, and then of course, of course, ghost of Tsushima also a game that's over a year old. Um, more than that, actually, it's a two-year-old game. Right. Uh, well, almost a two-year-old game. Of course, we had the director's cut, but anyway, let's move on to the second part of this here, which is 
for the calendar year of 2021. So for 2021, MLB The Show 21 was the ninth best-selling game of the year, ranking fifth on PlayStation platforms, 18th on Xbox, which uh, MPD can only track physical sales only, not digital. So it's much higher than that in reality. And with The Show 21 becoming the best-selling baseball game in U.S. history ever. Seven of the top 20 best-selling games of 2021 also ranked in the top 20 for 2022. I'm sorry, for 2020. Call of Duty Vanguard was the best-selling game of the year with Black Ops Cold War at number two, and Battlefield 2042 was the fifth best-selling game of the year. The best-selling games of 2021 on PlayStation platforms specifically were Call of Duty Vanguard at number one, followed by Madden NFL 22, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was sixth on the overall list, MLB The Show 21, which was ninth on the overall list, as I mentioned, followed by Battlefield 2042, FIFA 22, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil Village, Far Cry 6, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, NBA 2K22, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Minecraft, Back for Blood, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Mortal Kombat 11, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and Madden NFL 21, rounding out the list. What do you think about 2021 as a whole? So a couple of interesting things, and the first one is seven of these games were on last year's list as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, 2020's list as, year as well. Mm-hmm. So I think people will automatically point to that and say, there's no games on PlayStation. That That's where you're going to get all your haters at. Yeah. Another interesting thing about this is you rattled off 20 games right now, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to count off the games to you that people do not complain about, okay? Okay. Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Ghost of Tsushima, mm. Resident Evil, Ratchet and Clank, Minecraft, Mortal Kombat, Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> and Mass Effect. That's eight of the twenty. Yeah, less than half of these games. Yeah, if you go read a Reddit, go on Twitter and type them in, you're going to read so much negativity. That's a really so good point. My question is: Are we in a sorry ass state of video games right now? Which some people would say yes, mm. or are expectations out of line or is it really blown out of proportion? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I think it may be a little bit of all of those, uh, which is kind of a cop out, but mm-hmm. you know, like today I was thinking about when I was really, really bored at work, I was thinking about like, you know, if I got battlefield today and I'd never played an FPS before, like it was <laughs> the first FPS ever, would it be so bad? Yeah. That's a good question. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that. I could tell you that, I would have liked it more, I think, because it would have been new. But the thing is, is like when you've played Modern Warfare and when yeah. you've played Battlefield 1, you're like, this is what it should be like. And then when it's not, it's, it's, it's not even disappointing. It's like, it's more, is there a word that means more than disappointing? Like that's, that's what I'm looking for. It's just so frustrating. It's just like yeah. a visceral reaction because I know you can do it, right? It's like if Michael Jordan just missed 15 free throws in a row, you'd be like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, I know you're better than this. Like that's how I feel about Activision. That's how I feel about Dice right now. But my point is, you know, there's not really a lot of room for these people. There's not as much as people complain about Valhalla. It's still like 11th on the list for the year, right? So yeah. it's like, what is their reasoning to try harder? Kind of is how I feel. Other than pride, yeah. It, well, it's it it's incredibly hard to make games and. I understand that. And, you know, you see stuff all, all the time about people 
developers talk on like Twitter and stuff about how it, it takes a lot of luck to make a game and get it right and how incredibly hard it is. And people say, oh, sure, yeah. people say it's a miracle that games get made in the first place. But <laughs> if that's the, like, if that's the case, I think that's a testament to currently how big games have gotten, not just like right. big, like the industry is huge. I mean, literally how big the games have gotten, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla takes 60 or 70 hours to complete, right. you know, you, you know, I don't know, Battlefield 2042, they had to have 128 players. Why? Just make it 60. <laughs> yeah, just make it 64, make the map smaller, make it better. That's right. fine. That's totally fine. It's what we talk about on here all the time. Make a 15-hour game. Nobody has... Majority of people don't have fucking time to play Assassin's Creed all for 70 hours, guys. So, you could... I think I think there's a little bit of... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like... In like introspect, like you, like developers need to look inward at what they're trying to do. Like sometimes more is not always better, bigger is not always better. So, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to your, your original point. It is very interesting that m- many of the games on the bestseller list are things that people still complain about to this day. Um, even the best-selling game, Vanguard, they had to delay their next season or whatever by a couple weeks. So, right. Uh, we're going to talk about that too in a second, I think. But um, in terms of the calendar year, um, for me, just a couple thoughts really quick. Uh, MLB The Show is huge. It's a huge IP for Sony, uh, the best-selling baseball game ever now. And uh, that's pretty crazy considering that it's a baseball game um, <laughs> selling that well. And I just, I'm just i not convinced that that many people love it or love baseball, but I, obviously they do. So I'm I'm obviously wrong about that. And uh, let's see. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Killing, as always. Sixth on the overall list for 2021. It came out in November of 2020. Sixth on the overall list for the year. Nuts. And anything else here? Call of Duty Modern Warfare sticking around. I think because people just love that game more than the other two, even though it right. sold better. But, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's, an, that's a two-year-old game at this point charting in the top 20 for the year so um, pretty crazy but yeah anyway so uh, a uh an interesting 2021 i do feel that the fact that seven of the games were on 2020 i think that speaks to the fact that we had so many delays this year and you know a lot of games that were going to come out did not come out and we're about to get skull fucked in 2022 by most of those so i think this list is going to be nuts this time next year Number three, according to industry insider Tom Henderson, EA developer Criterion Games is set to release a new Need for Speed title this year after returning to full production following a brief pause to assist with development of Battlefield 2042. How'd that work out? Speaking of, Henderson also reported that the negative launch of Battlefield 2042 has publisher Electronic Arts, quote-unquote, looking at all the options regarding what's next for the game, including possibly taking it free-to-play. Tom wasn't done just yet, though, as he also reported that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 is set to release in the fourth quarter of this year, with a May 4th reveal very likely. Cute. And finally, Henderson reported his sources tell him that there is quote-unquote no chance of Dragon Age 4 releasing in 2022 from Electronic Arts and Bioware. So Tom was on fire this week, so I just made it its own nugget. Do you have any <laughs> comments about any of this? Yeah, well, nice of Criterion to leave a beloved franchise to help 
fuck up a beloved franchise. So hopefully <laughs> they'll go back to Need for Speed and fuck that up too. It, it won't be good. Let's be honest. Yeah. God, Need for Speed's so hit or miss anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I think Battlefield going to free to play is interesting. That does work for some games. We've seen free to play allow a developer to kind of play around with the game in a way maybe they can't when people are paying for it because maybe you know like once it's free i think maybe there's some a little less pressure maybe and a little more autonomy you're not really owing it to anybody to give them a certain thing right that's an interesting thought i don't know if that will work free to play is not going to fix all the issues at all you know it's it's still going to not let me do things like revive people and it's still going to fuck up what scope i'm using it's it's still going <laughs> to do all the things it does that it sucks at yeah that's just irritating but anyway don't care about the other two at all good for them i'm, I'm the may the fourth thing is just it was really fun the first time i heard it and then and now it's just exhausting yeah yeah agreed so kind of i so let, let me say this first of all i was about to say that the last two like you are not for me but I'll, I'll disagree with that a little bit because i am someone who played dragon age inquisition way back on ps4 for a long time and actually enjoyed that game even though i knew nothing about it i just played it on a whim I don't know that I'll play Dragon Age 4, but it sounds cool in theory, so whatever. I'm I'm lukewarm on the Dragon Age series, I'll say that. Star Wars, don't care about that. Cute that they're going to do it on May the 4th. Um, it'll be a big game, I understand that. And then, well, I'm working backwards here. Uh, that's cool. And you know another thing I've been doing the past couple of days? I don't know if it means I'm having a stroke, but I'm writing the second letter of every word first. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a new, it's a new. That's a new phenomena for me. I don't normally do that. Yeah, I yeah, I don't think this is a good sign. Great. Can't wait. Well, it's been nice knowing you. Anyway, so uh, let's see here. What else? Oh, yeah, Battlefield. I'm um, going free to play. I don't know, man. That seems, I want to say it seems like a death sentence, but it really can't be because it will go free. <laughs> um, it just means we'll get more cosmetic stuff, you know, that they'll inject into the game. Uh, there was reports back before the game launched that they were going to have a free to play component, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. like a battle royale or something and they didn't do that i don't know it's really sad i gotta i gotta eat a little crow on this because you know I, if you remember i was talking on the show about how this was the year battlefield was going to take over call of duty and <laughs> it you know it, it at least have a better year than call of duty because i mean the stars were aligning i mean and they really kind of did vanguard has stumbled a little bit for a call of duty game mm-hmm. and then they just come out and shit the bed like we've talked about and then lastly or firstly there, Criterion, I bet they were just thrilled to death that they had to pause their game to go work on a shit game <laughs> like right. Battlefield 2042 when they yeah. could have hey, already well, had hey, their game Hey, why are they calling us over here? Oh, it's, a, it's a shit show. Oh, fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like they obviously didn't do too much or maybe they really helped a lot and it would have been a lot worse without them. Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, we'll uh, we'll get back to schedule here for EA and they'll get need for speed out this year presumably number four Travis we also have several news nuggets here feel free to join me wherever you see fit first nugget PlayStation dropped a new story trailer and a preview for Horizon Forbidden West over on the PlayStation blog this week we learned that actress Carrie Ann Moss best known for The Matrix has joined the game's voice cast as has Angela Bassett, who has played in a number of prominent films over the years, including Marvel's Black Panther. Yeah, my aunt had a Bassett hound. <laughs> was her name Angela? I don't know. It wasn't Black Panther. Hmm. That's a pretty big cast for this. They got these two ladies and 
They got Lance Reddick, who's in the John Wick movies as the hotel con- uh, concierge or whatever, and he's in he's best known for The Wire and things like that. So a lot of talent behind this. It's going to be fantastic. Next Nugget, your 2021 PlayStation wrap-up is now available on the PlayStation website featuring your personalized gaming stats from last year. Or if you're me, it doesn't work at all. It just tells you to refresh, so the website's broken at the moment. <laughs> I did that to you last year, too. That's <laughs> so stupid. I just want to know. I want to know. Also, website gamesindustry.biz reported that the quality assurance testers at Call of Duty developer Raven Software have voted to unionize with 78% of workers voting in favor of the measure. They have now asked Activision Blizzard to formally recognize the union of 34 employees. So they'll await to be recognized before they become a union. Super Rare Games, the limited physical edition publishing company, has established a proper game publishing label called Super Rare Originals to help indie developers bring their game to market. Greg Fortsk. Fortsk. Greg Fortsk. I don't know how you say this guy's name. He's the former art director at XCOM and Civilization developer Firaxis. He's founded his own studio called Bit Reactor to develop hybrid action strategy games. Sounds kind of cool. Website Video Games Chronicle reported that WWE 2K22's cover art and pre-order information has been leaked. Rey Mysterio will be the game's cover athlete and is set to launch on March 11th with three-day early access for owners of the Deluxe Edition. Ryan from Australia is rock hard right now. I think they're going to include AEW wrestlers, which will really That's cool. get, him, get him stiff as hell. Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah, hang out with Chris Jericho. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. Also, Dying Light 2 developer Techland announced that the upcoming open-world zombie game will get five years, yes, five years of post-launch support, including, these guys love big numbers, <laughs> including new stories, locations, in-game events, and more. They also confirmed that players will get a free PS4 to PS5 upgrade and that the game features over 40,000 lines of dialogue and 350,000 spoken words, like wow. I said. Right. I mean, it is, don't get me wrong, it's really cool that they're going to support it for five years, but they did that with Dying Light, the first one as well. They're still doing shit for that, so not a huge surprise, but cool nonetheless. It's nice the script is the Bible. (sighs) It is. Yeah. Do you think we'll get a PS6 upgrade too? I mean, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I will say, they did, over on the PlayStation YouTube channel, they put out a, like, a minute and a half graphical mode comparison for PS5 today, or maybe yesterday. And I'll I'll be honest with you, it looks pretty fucking good. So you guys should check that out on whatever the best screen you have is. Looks pretty good. Next nugget, PS5 will outsell Xbox Series X and S by two to one this year, according to data and analytics firm Ampere Analysis, predicting 18 million units sold for PS5 in 2022. Pretty crazy. A survey at the Game Developer Conference of more than 2,700 developers found that 70% were quote-unquote not interested in developing NFTs. Thank God. Website PushSquare reported that the open-world Harry Potter RPG Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed, according to Sacred Symbols' Colin Moriarty. Moriarty said on a recent episode of of his podcast that, quote, the game isn't coming out this year, it's in some sort of trouble, end quote. However, Later in the week, other insiders and the game's own community manager reiterated that the game will indeed be launching in 2022. So, I don't know. Also, Bethesda's last new PlayStation game, Ghostwire Tokyo, is scheduled for a March 24th release date. 
according to a PlayStation Store leak that was discovered by website Multiplayer First. What are you What are you saying? Last new PlayStation? Like, this is the last new game they're going to make? They're going to only make old games? No, it's the last Bethesda game that's going to come to PlayStation. Oh, yeah, sorry. I follow you. Yeah, the last new release. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? It's the, only, it's the last new PlayStation game that'll ever come out. <laughs> no, just for Bethesda. So that that seems believable. What what day of the week is the 24th? Let me look. Let's see. It's got to be either a Friday or a Tuesday. Hey. My hey. PlayStation wrap-up worked. We can go over it at the end. Bitch ass. I bet mine won't work. So that is a Thursday. That seems odd. That does seem odd. We'll give it to him. We'll, we'll just say, let's assume it's true. Yeah. Well, no wonder... Microsoft bought Activision, but since it's the last PlayStation game. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, there it is. Okay. Next nugget. God of War's PC version hit more than 60,000 concurrent players on Steam on its release date, which is more than the release date peaks for both Horizon Zero Dawn and Days Gone. So another huge release on PC for Sony. I also think this proves that they don't have to release these games day and date on console oh, yeah, and, P- and sure. PC. It's it's fine. Just do it a just do it a year later. A Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary event is scheduled for April 10th from publisher Square Enix live in Tokyo. Sony Interactive Entertainment has renewed the trademarks for Cygnosis, the development studio that went on to become Studio Liverpool, although it seems like a merely routine trademark renewal and nothing more. PlayStation Mobile title Wipeout Rush is now available to, down- to download in the UK on iOS and Android devices. A little stealth release, in a way. Yeah, get it, you wankers. <laughs> yeah, wankers. A pair of popular virtual reality titles are planning to release on PSVR 2, Travis, as the developers of Social so- Social Solf, Social Golf Sim, <laughs> Golf Plus, and Ping Pong Sim, 11 Table Tennis, confirmed that ports were in development. It's actually kind of, sounds kind of cool. Especially the table tennis. I'll beat your yeah, ass at table, table tennis. Table tennis each other and yell at each other. <laughs> I've never played table tennis before in my life, but it sounds fun in VR. I haven't either, but I bet you're not better than a fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> also, actress Storm Reed, known for her roles in Euphoria and A Wrinkle in Time, has joined HBO's The Last of Us in the role of Riley. Mm-hmm. Fast-paced first-person shooter Shadow Warrior 3 will launch on March 1st on PS4. Those who pre-order will also receive the first two games on PS4. They uh, That Twitter account for that game had a great tweet after the whole Dying Light. It takes 500 hours to complete Dying Light, too. Mm-hmm. They said, <laughs> the Shadow Warrior account tweeted, it takes 500 hours to beat Shadow Warrior 3 60 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it cracked me up. Oh, it's fucking gold. Those guys. Yeah, it's fucking gold. As much as I love to make fun of marketing, they seem to be getting more witty, and I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're the social media people like that do it like Wendy's and shit like that, like that that's more like it. That's more my pace. Yeah. (laughs) Also, virtual reality MMO Zenith: The Last City will launch on PSVR on January twenty seventh. Featuring over 100 hours of content, it is said. Speaking of the last city, if you live in Tonga, uh, get the fuck out. I read an article today that said it might not be a good time to live there, as in um, ever. So, Jesus Christ. Like, it's you just might, might want to get out. Apparently there's some like instability. They're afraid the volcano is going to erupt again, and it might actually 
kind of change the landscape a little bit. Great. Great. I heard there's a theory that the, that Yellowstone is going to erupt in some way here in the States. Well, I wish they would it while I was fucking standing there because I don't want to deal with anything after that. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't be dealing with anything for after a split second, buddy. My, my favorite part was like, that's a super volcano, which means it will affect the entire Earth's atmosphere and it will create a, <laughs> you know, exclusively, uh, early access, you could say, um, um, winter for uh-huh. final years. And then like, uh, some of the people in my, in my in-laws were like, cause we were there talking about it and they were like, yeah, uh, the, the, the ash will land just past the Mississippi. So we'll be okay. And I'm like, no, you don't understand how this works. Yeah. It, it's it doesn't just in. stop. Yeah. You're fucked. Like shit is not going to grow because there will be no sun. <laughs> like, yes. Just Correct. eat a bullet. Correct. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to paint my ceiling like Kurt Cobain. If that happens. Right. You have no electricity, nothing. Next nugget here, Dark Fantasy first-person shooter Witchfire, which which was originally announced in 2017, will not come to consoles until 2023 at the earliest, according to release plans shared by the the developer The Astronauts, the team behind The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Wait, so they they kidnapped a guy and killed him, and they still get to make games? Yeah, that's how that works. Interesting. It's carte blanche, yeah. That would be an awesome Netflix show. Yeah. Next nugget, Pokemon-style RPG Monster Crown will now release on February 22nd on PS4 following a delay out of 2021. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Colin Moriarty of Sacred Symbols revealed that marketing spending is up at Sony due to, quote, a major yet unrevealed third-party exclusive, end quote. I don't know what that could be, but my theory is that it is from a Japanese publisher like Square Enix possibly Capcom, but we know that Square Enix has an unannounced, what am I trying to say? They have an unannounced PS5 game, I believe. Uh, I think I can't remember if we're talking about that here in a minute or not. We'll see. Next nugget, peripheral manufacturer Hori announced a new PS5 controller and fighting stick, which will be available soon. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. Ark Survival Evolved, FIFA 22, Crisis 2 Remastered, Battlefield 2042, Fortnite, Madden 22, Deep Rock Galactic, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Hitman 3, Enlisted, and Marvel's Avengers. So if you've been waiting on the content or a fix, now's the time to check. PlayStation's second-party partner, Deviation Games, is hiring a senior game designer who has experience in, quote, scripted quest and mission content in AAA single-player or multiplayer RPGs slash action slash story games. Ideally, someone who has worked in games for several years, executed on early-stage rapid development, and worked on co-op multiplayer games, end quote. That's, well, uh, I have experience in mission content in AAA games and scripted oh yeah? quests. I've done those. I've played those games. You have. You've killed the bugs in Fallout. So yeah, I, I do that. Now, I have not done the other part, worked in games for several years, that kind of thing. But I've done the first part. Yeah. This is very Experience interesting. Is very vague. It is. It is. This this is very interesting to me because I, for some reason, I thought that this team was the one making a multiplayer shooter because they're like ex-Call of Duty uh, oh, employees right. and stuff. Uh, or developers, I should say. But Obviously, it doesn't sound that way. It sounds like a cooperative action RPG of some sort. So that's interesting to me. Or, of course, we're forever away from this, but interesting nonetheless. 
Also, Activision announced that Call of Duty Vanguard, and here it is, Warzone Season 2 has been delayed to February 14th to iron out technical issues. Developer at 1047 Games announced that Splitgate Beta Season 1 will launch on January 27th, featuring a custom map creator and other new content. I keep forgetting that it's technically not out, quote-unquote. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of silly that they are still calling it a beta, but I, I get it, I guess. Also, Wallace and Gromit creators Ardman Animations announced that they are developing an open-world video game based on a brand new IP. It is said to be a 3D action-adventure game with inventive mechanics and compelling characters. The studio confirmed it has partnered with a major publisher to bring the game to PS5 and PC, among other platforms. GamesBeat's Jeff Grubb shared that he believed the digital E3 event for this year will also likely be canceled, so RIP to E3. It's done. It's toast. A Brazilian data miner claims that the next-gen version of GTA 5 may see further delays past March, likely into April or May. Fast-paced first-person shooter Ghost Runner has delayed its Project Hell DLC to March. And PlayStation inventor Ken Kutaragi shared his dislike of VR headsets in the metaverse with Bloomberg this week, stating, quote, Headsets would isolate you from the real world, and I can't agree with that. Headsets are simply annoying, end quote. <laughs> I understand Ken Right. I, I, I understand what he means, but it sounds really boomerish. It does. Yeah, he's 71, I think. 70 or 71. So he's yeah, it's not his thing. I, I agree with him about metaverse. I didn't I didn't read his quote about the metaverse, but the metaverse is totally stupid. It's like NFTs. No, I get it. You have the, you can go to NFT museums in the metaverse. <laughs> God. Are you okay? I'm over it. Yeah, I think we talked about this briefly last week. I think you said that you pe- people are like buying these things and like putting NFT art in it, and then you can like go look at it, on, like whatever in well, virtual Snoop reality. Dog had a, Snoop Dogg had a party in the metaverse, and you could pay to go to the metaverse of his house. Oh God, get the fuck out of here! Um, he has metaverse real estate. Okay, it's not real. Um, did you see have you been have you recently tried to open Twitter and it tried to tell you that you can make your picture or some shit an NFT I have you seen this know. I, I, I don't know yeah I immediately said it, it was like two options dismiss or go to NFTs or something yeah dismiss it immediately get the fuck out of here I don't need that like, if they can NFT my asshole how about that <laughs> I want a chocolate starfish NFT all right, website Gamatsu reported that PlayStation China Hero Project title Anno Mutationum has gone gold. The 2D, 3D hybrid pixel art cyberpunk action adventure game will come to both PS4 and PS5 imminently. Developer East Shade Studios announced story-driven Witch Academy RPG Songs of Glimmerwick for consoles. It will release sometime in 2023. Free-to-play digital card game Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is now available on PS4 and PS5. Publisher Annapurna Interactive announced that musical adventure game The Artful Escape will release on PS4 and PS5 on January 25th. Publisher Calypso Media announced that tennis simulation game Match Point Tennis Championships will launch sometime this spring on twenty or on 2024 on PS4 and PS5. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga will finally launch on PS4 and PS5 on April the 5th. Developer Infusion Interactive announced Deadly Dozen Reloaded, a remastered version of the 2001 squad-based stealth third-person World War II shooter, PS4. 
It is scheduled to launch sometime this spring as well. Motorbike simulation game Elastomania will launch on PS4 and PS5 on January 26th. And finally, Gamatsu reported that publisher-developer Microids announced that they have reached an agreement with Viacom CBS to produce three new Garfield games after successful collaborations on Garfield Wild Ride and Garfield Kart Furious Racing. <laughs> I don't even know what those are. Okay. <laughs> and that is all for the news this week. And I'll now turn it over to Eaton Beaver for this week's new game releases. On the 18th, we have River City Girls. Speaking of Eaton Beaver, <laughs> we also have <laughs> Tanks versus Tanks PvP. And then we have Queer Army on PS5 and 4. Um, it's Queen Army. It's not Queer Army. And I think that's a no, Netflix show, though. Yeah. Qu- Queen Army is about you, basically the whole game. You just follow the band Queen around Europe. That's all you do. <laughs> on the 19th is Dismantle and the Enigma Machine. And on the 20th, we have Downslope, mm. the Hitman Trilogy, which is on the 5 and the 4 and on Steam, Pyramid Quest, Rainbow Six Extraction, mm. RP Golf Legends, and Windjammers 2. And I've, I'm familiar with Windjammers. I'm not sure why. Though. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, the, the first one is on, uh, well, it's an old school game, but you can play it on PS4 and Vita. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's like that. Do you remember that PlayStation Plus game from a, a while back that was called like Disc Jam, I think? And yep. it was a, you know what I'm talking about? Really it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. The same, same thing. So Windjammer is just like top down 2D. So anyway. Yeah, that's not a bad game. Yeah. So that's all for the new game releases this week. And uh, actually not a, not a bad little week here. We got Hitman Trilogy and the start of year two of content for Hitman 3 this, this week. That's probably the biggest thing. and then. After that, Rainbow Six Extraction, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, and then River City Girls and Windjammers 2 are pretty uh, heavily anticipated. River City Girls has already been out. That's just a native version. That's a pretty well-regarded game, I believe. So yeah, not a bad little week. We're getting better. So let's now begin to wrap the show up here, Travis, by discussing what we've been playing and what we're looking forward to. What do you got? Play, play a little FIFA this week. My goalie is getting exceptionally good. Um, oh, wow. It, it seems like he's getting better every game. I say that and I give up like two or three goals a game, but like he'll legitimately have like 10 saves, so I can't be that upset with him. I've learned on professional that I can score on the next level of difficulty for sure, uh, okay. but I cannot defend. Yeah, it's hard. Part of that's me. Part of that's my team just isn't that good, and that's fine. My table right now, like, the top 10 people at my table right now are separated by, like, five points. Yeah, same. I'm really close to, like, being mid-table and really close to being promoted. So we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm starting to get some, like, Europa League games fall in and some, cur- some cup games fall in. So now I'm starting to, like, have to manage, you know, stamina and stuff. So it's getting interesting. Um, I did hire a third scout, so I have one in Scotland. England and Norway, so I can get okay. some names I can't pronounce, which will be fun. So, is this Youth Academy Scout? Yeah, I got those guys out there, and then I, I signed a couple of free agents. Um, I went and scouted a bunch of guys that were free agents that were under 20, and I found a couple of guys that can actually play for me. So, one's a center back, he's six foot six, and I, I picked him up because I had a guy 
an auto-generated guy in my youth academy that was is over his potential was a 66 to a, a 92 and he was already a 65 so i signed him and started him because he was good enough wow. and then it pro- it prompted me and told me he reached his potential and he was a 67 <laughs> so oh god <laughs> yeah so i was like i need i need somebody else so i signed this guy yeah. he's a 69 and then i have a 69 left back who's 16 so that was a free agent so that helped me out a lot. They were also better than what I had, so that, that was that was nice. We played PvP Insurgency. Yeah, we did. Ah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. You know, one thing I learned was, I mean, you can get absolutely domed and have no idea where it's coming from. And, oh, I did that a couple times. Yeah, because it was like a few times I started and like I was still on bot mode, so it's like you know I got to get to that window over there. I'll just sprint across real quick, and it's like no, you got to like think about what you're doing on PvP. You can't do that. <laughs> People are waiting. <laughs> so uh, did that a couple of times. There was a guy with a shotgun that was absolutely working our team. Yeah, he blew my head off one time, and I literally jumped because like <laughs> I came around the corner and it was like pow. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, I I returned the favor in kind later on though. So no, it was fun. It's um, you know, you have to have a decent team because we were playing with guys who like weren't playing the objective, which was annoying. Or you know, that one guy was across the map. He basically like instead of defending the objective, he tried to like basically circle around the enemy and kill him from behind, and like that never works ever. But other than that, yeah, we uh, that's about all I played this week. It was really good. Um, this week I should be on a normal work schedule. Excited to try extraction with you, and I'm excited to do the new Hitman season two content is out. And we yeah. got the arcade is live. Um, I'm gonna try that out and uh, play around on some Hitman and see what I can do there. It looks like it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what it is. Can't wait for the new map either. Yeah. yeah. Do you want me to hit you with my wrap up? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'll see if I can get mine. All right. So total hours six hundred and fifty two, and uh, let's see here five hundred and seven of those hours are on PS5 games. Three hundred and three days total played which is about what I expected. But the interesting thing is I played 11 new games. It feels like I played more than 11 new games, but I guess I I played some games I already owned and, and didn't really consider that. I spent 260 hours on FIFA 21, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I had 99 hours on 2K22, which doesn't seem real. 40 hours on Grand Turismo and then Chivalry 2 I had almost 40. And those were the oh, PS4 nice. games I played. Um, let's see here. What we got down here towards the bottom? I had 177 trophies which means I was getting one every other day on average that I played which doesn't seem right at all. <laughs> I had 16 gold and one platinum this year. Which oh, what, 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 I'm what not sure platinum? what game that was. was Ghost Operation Tango. Oh yeah, yeah. We did get that one. That was a fun game. Yeah, because I did, I did Shushima and, and Astro Bot last year. Let's see here. I think that might be all I did. Oh, I played 10 PS Plus games. And is that it? Yeah, that's about all I have. Um, Those are rookie numbers. Yeah, it says something's loading down here, but I don't know what that means. Oh, it's telling me about next year. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, those are rookie numbers. I'm sure you played 350 (laughs) days and 1,000 hours. Well, I don't know. Because see, Red Dead, oh my fucking God. Why can't I get it to work? Even on, I've been doing it on my phone. It won't work. I tried on the browser on computer. It still won't work. It says, uh oh, it's Astrobot. Piss off. <laughs> Maybe I'll have it for you guys next week. 
That's so stupid. I'm really irritated. I've been trying off and on all day today. Can't have anything I love this nice. recap thing. I, I, I just really enjoy it. I do too. I like it. I wish I could wish I could actually do it. Maybe one day. All right. Well, I'll talk about what I've been playing. So I also played FIFA 22 uh, quite a bit this week. I started another career, but with Bradford still, because they did a roster update and they had more players on their team that they have in real life. And I, they had a couple that I wanted to have, uh, a couple defensive players that have decent potentials. But I'm not filling it really at all. I've simulated most of it to try to get caught up to where I was. But I'm not filling it. So basically, I wasted a bunch of time. I'm going to go back to my original one because, you know, that's the one that uh, you got to dance with the one that brought you. I'm, I just enjoy it more. So I just, I just wasted a ton of time fucking with that. So I shouldn't have. But it's all good. It's all in good fun. And then. Now, like you said, we played some insurgency PvP. Uh, I, it was the first time I'd ever done it. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I do make sure that I run silencer on PvP so people can't hear me skulking around, blowing their heads off. Uh, I did headshot a couple guys, and like you said, they have they. You, there's no way they have no idea. There's no kill cam on the game, so you don't know where he, people are at, which is cool actually. When that guy was working us with the shotgun, I switched to it, put a silencer on it, and I can understand why. It absolutely dicks. So, uh, especially when you put slugs on it, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, because I did that slugs and the silencer, it was just ridiculous. Anyway, I also played a couple of games that I got on one of the cells recently that I hadn't tried yet. I played a game called Narita Boy, which is an indie game. It makes me think of Pablo Francisco every time. I, I say that is little Narita boy. Is this like where they run like Narturo? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is an indie game that it takes place in like an old like eighties computer, and you're it's a it's a side scrolling uh, action game, and I guess the gist of it is you're a computer program that's created by someone and you're fighting basically a virus in the computer and uh, you're fighting with a sword and it's cool. But the reason why I quit playing it is because the graphical style of it it has like a strobing effect to like look like an old computer screen. And it looks really cool. The game is pretty and it's really cool. The, The soundtrack is great, but the fucking whatever it is with the lighting effects gives me a headache. So maybe that's why I'm about to have a stroke and I'm putting the second letter first in every word. From playing the Rita Boy, um, so I had to I had to give up on that. It was making me sick, so that sucks. But uh, then I played uh, or tried a game called Thronebreaker: The Witcher Tells, which is a Witcher game made by CD Projekt Red. But it's like a it's like a combination of Gwent, which is a card game that's in The Witcher Three, and like a like a I don't know. It's like an isometric I don't know. It's like an isometric adventure game, and you come across fights but you fight them with the cards it, it's it's actually cool you but are in a wormhole i know it's <laughs> it's actually an, it's actually an interesting concept and it's gotten good reviews and i understand why it, it is good but people say it takes like 40 hours to beat and i fell asleep sleep playing it the other night so that's usually not a good sign <laughs> so, so i got quit i gave up on that i can't play shit that puts me to sleep and then so finally the last thing i have to report here before we go is that I am a, I've discovered since playing Rainbow Six Extraction, I also downloaded Rainbow Six Siege as well this week, played a 
little bit of it while I was waiting on extraction to launch. And I'm, I have discovered that I am a closet Rainbow Six fan. And what I, what I mean by that is that I enjoy Rainbow Six Siege and I like extraction. I think I mentioned it last week, how I'm like, there was some, someone, some reporter who wrote an article talking about, I think he previewed extraction and he said that he was what he would call a siege lurker, someone who appreciates it, who enjoys it, who likes playing it out in the gunplay and likes to see people play it, but also who's not like terribly good at it and, you know, doesn't really want to play competitively. So anyway, what I've discovered is that I really appreciate Rainbow Six Siege and I think it's a really good game. I like to play it. I'll never do like the competitive shit or whatever. The only thing that I don't necessarily enjoy about Siege is that it's turned into Call of Duty in the year over recent years where everybody has like pink guns and shit. I think that's silly, but I understand you're trying to make a seven year old game have legs and you gotta sell cosmetics and stuff. So I get that. But I am a I'm a fan of Siege and I played some of that this week, which led me into Extraction, which I really played for the first I played the tutorial when the night it came out. But tonight, before we recorded, I actually like, played it, played it for the first time. Played a few boards. Uh, had to play with randoms, so you can only imagine how that is. It's a very mixed experience. Uh, based on the few games I played tonight, I have I got one teammate that knew what they were doing, and then the other teammate who didn't know what the fuck was going on. Uh, I had I even got a teammate. So let me tell you the one of the one of the three games that I played, it was so bad. We had a teammate that was so bad that the other guy who knew what he was doing quit in the middle of it. So thank you for that. Tyrex Ty, Ty or whatever your name was. Tyrannosaur, I think is what it was. Also the guy in that same game who was so bad that forced the other guy to quit. He was one of those guys who had the fire or the smoke detector with the dying battery in the background. <laughs> where you had to listen to the beep every 30 seconds. So that was awful absolutely awful. And I was trying to tell him like what to do. And he was like wandering off and then I got killed because he's worthless. And then he died and it was just a waste of time. So with that said, I do so far enjoy the game. It is the things that I like about siege, but you take, uh, you know, obviously the competitive multiplayer part out of it. And so you can kind of have the best of both worlds. And it definitely appeals to people who are into like back for blood or co-op shooters. I even think there's, you know, a little bit of maybe something for people who like the division. But if you like things like Back for Blood and, you know, whatever, Left for Dead and World War Z, stuff like that, but you want to want something that's more of like a shooter, uh, more tactical, I think there's something there for you. It looks good. The game looks good. It definitely looks better than Siege. Thank God, because Siege is okay, but it's a little rough around the edges. So I'm looking forward to playing more. I want to play more. I can tell that. At least so far, I would say it's a pretty polished game. There's nothing broken about it from what I can see. You know, I haven't ran into any glitches. I haven't been kicked or anything like that so far. So that's encouraging. There's a good amount of progression. The weapons feel good. And there's a surprising little bit of like story in there of like what's going on that's caused all of it. So there's some like lore in there and it's kind of cool. So um, I'm surprised a little bit uh, by it, to be honest. So I'll keep going with it and report back next week with uh, maybe some more details. I am waiting on, for whatever reason, I guess I'll back up a little bit. For whatever reason, the 14-day buddy pass is not like active yet, so I can't invite you to do that yet, but they said they would 
I guess, make it available within a few days of launch. So I'm guessing next week. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to do shit with servers. So you can't play with me yet, you bitch ass. But hopefully you will be able to soon see, see if you like it or not. Anyway, that's it for me. So we'll get out of here. We talked long enough and uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We'll be waiting for you on Mondays in your podcast feeds. Also, if you would review us or rate us, leave us some stars, some hearts, some thumbs up. We'd be very appreciative of that. And also, if you would share us with a friend or loved one who you think may enjoy a podcast like this, where they can get all of the week's PlayStation news and more in less than 90 minutes, we would be very much obliged. We'll get out of here now. You guys take care. Have a great week, and we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.